Welcome to the Casper Wellness Podcast. Get armed with the latest in health, science, and technology to discover a new approach to wellness. Our mission is to enable knowledge so that people can reach their full potential and discover what optimum health means to them. I'm Maria Yuganovsky, entrepreneur, health enthusiast, and the founder of Casper Wellness. I hope you enjoy the show. In the studio today, we have Dr. Paul Herman, osteopath, sports and exercise scientist, and founder of Stay Tuned Sports Medicine. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you here. Um, we're going to chat about running. Great. Uh, because I love running. Mm-hmm. And I know you've just recently started running. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the world is running at the moment because that's all they can do. Yep. Uh, well, everyone in Australia anyway. Um, and um, and I want to talk about some of the things that you and I have spoken about during some of my osteopathic sessions with you on stretching and the importance of it, yep. pre-stretching, <clears throat> dynamic stretching, and post-stretching, and just what we can do right now to help us run better, especially if we haven't run before or if we uh, used to run and now are getting back into it again. So um, tell me about dynamic stretching. Okay? Sure. It's important. Well, one of the things with running is it's this uh, odd sort of dichotomy, dichotomy exercise where we get all these benefits on one side, but we get these risks on the other side. And all we try and do is to reduce or mitigate some of those risks. We do, as you say, now see everybody out and about and they're going for their runs because sports closed down in Australia for the moment. People aren't going to work, so they can kind of finish their work at home at 5.30 and be out for a run at 5.40. They don't have to travel home from their office. Yeah, true. So we're seeing a lot more people out and about doing their running. And as you said, because there's not a lot else they can do, and it's a way to get outside, get some fresh air, and get some exercise. And it is great for that, but it does come with some risks. Mm. Because running is a relatively high-impact sport, and it's highly repetitive, the body cops a lot of load and a lot of impact to it. So we don't think about that very often when we're running because I mean I know with me personally, um, and I'm sure a lot of people out there are like similar to me. It's like you put your runners on and you just go. Yep. And you're not really thinking about what you're running on or what you're running in or whether you're going up or down. You just kind of you just go. Um, but yeah, you touched on that um, that it does actually stress our body. We do take a lot of impact, um, and that can affect us. Yeah, so you're right. Like patients always say, you know, Uncle John just gets up and puts on his shoes and goes for a run. And he's been doing it for 20 years without any injuries. And that definitely does happen. Some people are just naturally very lucky and don't get injured. We're not saying that this is a guarantee of preventing injury by doing dynamic warm-ups. I'm also saying that if you don't do it, you're guaranteed to get an injury. What we're trying to do is reduce the risk of injury, reduce the likelihood of things going wrong in the body, but also maximize your performance. Like make your running more enjoyable. If it hurts less, tend to enjoy it more. For me, I have, uh, running always hurts, uh, mentally and physically. But uh, certainly warming up beforehand and getting going definitely makes you run uh, with less stiffness and less soreness. It's true. I must admit, when I do do my dynamic exercises, which aren't always that often, <laughs> um, I do run better and my body enjoys it more as opposed to when I'm like, oh, my God, I better go for my run. It's, you know, XAM and, you know, I've got to get this in. Mm. Um, and even mentally, I think it also prepares my, my brain and, and my body that I'm going for a run. So I, I super recommend dynamic Warm-ups. Very beneficial. And it takes a few minutes. Yes, it doesn't take that long at all. 
doesn't take that long at all. But um, tell me about the stretches um, after. So we, we do some dynamic warm-ups before we go for a run, and then we've done our run. Right. So we're feeling really good. We've nailed it. We're cooling down. What should we do after that? So after any exercise, and running is a perfect example of this, we want to then unload the tissues or stretch them out we want to sort of pay back our body from what we've borrowed during the exercise and thank it for the exercise that we just did and static stretching is the best way to do that it kind of says to the body hey it's time to cool down it's time to slow our heart rate down it's time to get back to kind of a normal stasis Um, and static stretching being that you do a stretch and you hold it and i personally like around 30 seconds for each of my stretches i find that gives me a great benefit without being there for too long um, the one rule I try and give patients with stretching is anything is better than nothing. Okay. So if it's not 30 seconds, if it's 20, that's stress. That's still pretty good. Quiet. Okay. Maybe we'll have a minimum of 15 seconds. But right, you don't have to be there for a long, long time is the point. Okay. And if you've only got time or if you only make time to do three stretches after you run, that's still better than doing none. Yeah. yeah? You don't have to do a 30-minute cool down for a 30-minute run. Yeah, it makes sense, makes sense, and help, it helps all the joints Absolutely. as well, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think, again, when I stretch after my run, I do feel the benefits, people. I really do. Um, so are there any, um, any things that we should watch out um, or be mindful of or aware of our bodies? Because it's great if you can run, and I think it's awesome. Yep. But there are also um, injuries I know you've treated in other runners um, and there's I know there's millions of different inju- injuries specific to individuals but there's a lot of common ones that we can avoid sure um, what would you suggest for you know people running out there today or have just started what are some of the things that they should be aware of what are some of the things that they uh, should take note of like pain or former yep. injuries that might crop up crop up again after you know going for that second or third run yeah what do we what are the do's and the don'ts pretty much sure well, there's a couple of things here i mean the big do as we just mentioned is warm up before mm-hmm. and stretch afterwards but also be aware like really listen to your body you the more you listen to it the more you'll pick up on cues that it's telling you something's not right we all get niggles and we all get a little bit of soreness and like me i hadn't run in maybe Oh, goodness. Six weeks after my injury, did all my rehab. My rehab was in our studio. And then it was time to start doing some impact loading. So I did a little bit of that. And I went for my first run maybe two weeks ago. And no matter what you do, no matter how well you prepare, going for that first run is still going to make you a little bit sore. Mm -hmm. So having that bit of soreness when you go for a run the next day or a few days later, if it's a low-grade soreness, it's one or two out of ten on the scale of pain, you know, and you start your run and that stays as it is or it even gets a little bit less, that's okay, you know, we can manage that. But if you go for that same run and that one or two out of 10 pain starts to increase through your run, that's a sign to tell you, stop. Yeah. Walk home, give it a rest, have a few days off, do your stretches and try again. And if it continues to persist, go and see your physio or your osteopath, get it looked at by a professional. Yeah. So there's that listening to the body that if you listen well, it will tell you. If anything hurts more than really a, a three out of 10, that's your body saying something's not right. Uh, so it's also really important to know when not to run and right. to be aware of the pain in our body if we're feeling any pain whilst we're running. And um, it doesn't matter what part of our body we may be feeling that pain. It could be arm, it could be shoulder, it could be you know ankle. It's important to know 
when to stop or if it hurts, maybe give it a break. Yep, absolutely. Patients ask us all the time and even if you go for a run with starting the run with a bit of shoulder pain, again, if that increases through your run, that's your body saying something's wrong and it's time to stop and have a rest. If you start your run with a slight headache, you know, one out of 10, two out of 10, and again, it increases through your run, that's your body saying stop, have a rest. So you definitely want to listen to your body. The risk is that if we don't, we'll end up with something going wrong. And in a way, sometimes it doesn't happen on that run. It might be three runs later and people kind of get this false sense of security. Oh, I went for a run, something hurt, but it was okay the next day. But you still... You want to listen to your body. If it happens again, that's when you really need to stop because what will happen is this accumulation effect and down the track after three, four or five runs, then it becomes an injury. And sadly, that's when we often need time off. And it really sucks that you're doing something to make you healthy and well. And because of it, you have to stop doing the thing that makes you healthy and well so you can't exercise and do the things you love. That's so true. And you touched earlier about, actually, and this is a really important point because there are a lot of people that have obviously, you know, started running again during this period mm. um, and um, and they've just gone from no running to yep. running every day and running ridiculous amounts of kilometres and what have you um, and the importance of slowly increasing that to prevent injuries like rather yeah. than you know, taking it, what, what did you say, 80% or one point? Yeah, so we, we want to basically do this slow incremental increase yeah. and you're right, people are going from couch to 5Ks. Yeah. And they may have been flat out at work for the last three months. And then because they're in isolation, they go, I'm going to go for a run. And they remember six years ago, they regularly ran eight kilometers. So their first run is eight kilometers. If you haven't run for six years and you go out and you do eight Ks, it's probably going to hurt. And there's a fair chance do you might get an injury. Yeah. So I always suggest start with something that still feels relatively comfortable. And who cares if it's two or three kilometers? Mm. You know, you're not proving anything. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You're getting back into running. That on its own is a massive accomplishment. Yeah, Yeah. it's great to just be able to get out there and go for a run. And if it's a walk run, like a jog walk run, that's fine too. Mix it up. Don't worry about setting kind of records in your first few runs. Just ease your body back into running. The um, percentage increase we were talking about is that we generally in an overload principle because each time we increase distance or we increase speed, it's like an overload to the body. And we try and keep that overload at this sort of arbitrary figure of 10 to 15 or even up to 20%. An example would be, let's say I regularly ran five kilometers. I might think, well, I want to start running further and further. I wouldn't go from five to 10 it's a 100% increase. Yeah. And you're sure, I might be able to do it, but the chances are increased that trying that is going to result in some kind of injury. Yeah. So I might go from five to six, which is a 20% increase, but it's only one kilometer. And I'll sit on six kilometers for a few runs until that's comfortable, and then go from six to seven, seven to eight, and slowly just incrementally increase those distances. And be mindful of how your body feels every time Absolutely. you increase it. Because I know with me sometimes, and I'm only talking for myself, and it's a huge generalisation because I know there's a lot of runners out there uh, and they don't feel this, but I know if I some, I might be running, you know, 10Ks, for example, and I've been running 10Ks for a long time, yep. um, and then all of a sudden I can't because my knee starts to hurt at 10K and so I have <clears> to pick it back and, and go back a little bit as opposed to going, yeah. if, like, start at six and then slowly start increasing again to get to there. Um, that 
that's that's what in my personal experience although um is that a good idea if you you've been running long distances for a long time and then all of a sudden you're finding oh so there's a needle here or there's a needle there other than seeing your osteo should you pick it back a little bit yeah absolutely i think your great point there was being mindful of being aware and listening to your body just because i always run 10 kilometers doesn't mean next time I run that I'm going to be able to run 10 kilometers. Mm. There's so many things that factor into that. How did I sleep for the few nights beforehand? What's my hydration been like? What's my nutrition been like? What's my mental energy like? What's the environment like? What's the temperature like? The humidity like? What are the shoes I'm wearing that day? All these factors come into it. And for example, we have runners come in and athletes who I look after quite often will say, I've just hit a wall this week. Mm. I can't do what I was trying to do or what I was doing the week prior. And when you dive into a little bit deeper, you find out actually their sleep quality has been bad or their sleep quantity has been a little bit less or their hydration has been a little bit less or their nutrition has been a bit poor. And they're all fine. We're all human and we all have, we, don't, we certainly aren't perfect in every aspect of all of these things, but you just need to be mindful of those. And if you're going for your run and at the 8K mark of your 10K run, you just think, oh, I'm done. Yeah. And that's okay. Be Stop. done. Stop. Go for yeah. a walk. You know, yeah, walk the last two Ks, do some stretches and call it a day. You're better off doing that and being able to go again than pushing through that, potentially increasing your risk of injury and then having another week or two off. Are there any other tips and tricks that we should know as runners that we can um, implement in our daily routine? Yeah, look, general advice to people is, number one, um, be mindful that you're warming up your body well. Two, make sure you're stretching afterwards. Three, really tune in and listen to your body. And the other thing I uh, tend to advise people is try not to have this set routine of what you have to do on the run. See how you feel that day. As we can hear in the background, today's a really rainy day in Melbourne. And some days you'll just be like, I just don't want to get out there. I want to keep it short today. Other days, the sun's shining and you want to go for a nice 10K run. And if you're capable and conditioned to do that, that's okay. You'll wake up some days and go, I want to do some hill sprints. And that's fine too. Well, some days, maybe not everybody. So for me, for example, you know, I'm six foot one and 90 kilos. I'm not built, I'm certainly not conditioned to run long distances. Whereas other people I know, and yourself is one of those, can go out and run a reasonably long distance without too much stress. I prefer sprints. There's nothing wrong, therefore, with me just going out and doing some interval runs or doing some walk jogs or some walk runs or some hill sprints. It doesn't have to be this 5K run, 5K run, 6K run. You know, we don't have to follow a set pattern in running. The thing that puts that structure in place is if you have a set goal and then you have to respect the distance. So if your goal, for example, is I want to run a half marathon, you have to respect that it's 21 kilometers. It's a long way. And we have to put some periodization or some running programs in place with some structure. You can't just go out and run 21K. Which is a completely different type of running technique altogether. It's a different program. It's a different program. I think if you're running to accomplish a marathon, for example, or you're running for speed, uh, it's a completely different mindset to, I guess, I'm just going to go out there and have a run. Yeah, totally. um, Sort of thing. I know you were saying before that you love monitoring all your stats. Yeah. And I'm like completely the opposite. I'm like, don't care. I just want to run. I think it depends on the mood you're in. Like, I'm a bit of a tech geek. I love my um, statistics that I'm looking at when I'm running. Or what was my pace? What was my cadence? What was my heart rate at? What was my minutes per kilometre? How many kilometres did I run? But at the same time, sometimes I like to take my watch off. I like to have no tracking and just go for a run. Yeah. And get home and have no idea how far I ran. 
have no idea how long it took me. No idea of my pace or anything. Just listen to my body and really tune in. And if I feel like walking for part of it, walk for part of it. Mm. As we discussed earlier, yeah. it's a real blessing to be able to run. Absolutely. And some people can't. And at some stage in some of our lives, when we start by being able to run, at some stage, sometimes we can't run. So while you can, and if you can, enjoy running and be sort of grateful for the fact that you can run. That's why I look at my stats. <laughs> That's exactly why I look at my stats, because I just want to be a free runner. Um, but then I, I do lack making that time. And I know you spoke about it earlier as well. I want to touch on that before we mm. go, is when you do go out for a run, people, and if you're planning on running 20 minutes, allow for that you know, an extra 10 minutes to do your stretching before and after because that's really important. And I know I am guilty of literally like jumping out, putting my runners on and just hitting the pavement. Yeah, we sort of break it down into whether whether the session, like the time of the session versus the time of the run. Yeah. So you might, you're right, you know, I want to go for a 20 minute run. Well, that's going to be a 30 minute session because you'll need some time to warm up and you need some time to cool down. And we need to mentally think of that if we're having a time to run. Or if I know that I'm going to run 5Ks and I'm slow, I might run a six-minute kilometer and go, oh, that's going to take me 30 minutes. Then I need to allow 40 minutes for that session. The run might be 30, but the session has to be 40 to get my warm-up in and to get my stretching. And I say it has to be. Well, that's going to give you your best results, and that's going to ensure the most reduction of risk for injury down the track. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. It completely makes sense, and it's really good advice. So... Get your stretches in peeps before and after running. Paul's got a whole sequence that he's done for us in the studio, which we'll put up live as well. So you can follow his dynamic stretches or his dynamic stretch routine before he goes on a run, as well as his cool down stretches that help release and relax the muscles. And thank your body for being a legend and running. Um, but that's all for now. You can get in touch with Paul via his um, Instagram links. And we've got the website linked down below if you want to have a one-on-one consultation at StayTuned. Thanks for listening to the Casper Wellness Podcast. Subscribe at www.casperandcasper.com.au for the latest information in an integrated approach to health.